Welcome to a new episode of the Ad Astra podcast. Today we're going, today is a very special um, episode for me because we'll be talking about um, Elena's book, um, which came out after she passed away. And I invited um, uh, three um, scholars, which I know personally, and I consider friends and um, who knew Elena quite well. So we are gathered here to discuss a little bit about her book and of course about her work. I introduce you Enrique Leitão uh, from the University of Lisbon, who is um, uh, until very recently head of the department of the history of science, uh, history and philosophy of sciences. Um, and is also the head of uh, an ERC project called the Router Project. Um, Charles, um, Charles Burnett, um, who, works, who was Elena's um, supervisor in her PhD studies, and of course, everyone knows, works at the Warburg Institute, and uh, uh, Dorian Greenbaum, um, who has researched a lot on the history of astrology, especially in the Hellenistic uh, traditions, um, and um, who also knew Elena very well. And uh, thank you all to be here. I hope I, I, I have done a proper introduction. Uh, <laughs> and um, so um, let's start a little bit by talking about the book. So the book was uh, edited um, by Brill in the Time um, and Calendars um, collection quite recently, uh, last um, June. Um, and, um, and it has um, the last of Elena's great work, which was her PhD. Her thesis is here and her research is gathered here and, uh, and the book is quite a large volume with uh, 400, a little bit over 400 pages, um, which talks, so which is entitled An Astrologer, An Astrologer at, um, at Work in Late Medieval France, The Notebooks of S. Ballet. And it's a study on the astrological practices of this figure, uh, S. Ballet, who this, this assume that her, her, his first name is Simon Bellet. We are not exactly sure about that, but uh, it's a high possibility. And it falls within Elena's aim of research and also the aim of research that the Astro Project was created for, which is um, the study of the history of astrological techniques and practices. Um, so, which one of you wants to... I think I will, you know, start in for about, you know, four or five minutes, and then then I will pass the word to Charles. Uh, I would like, as you know, as a, some sort of preliminary considerations, I would like to tell uh, tell a little bit about how I met Elena, and this uh, my meeting with Elena coincided with with her entry into the the field of history of science, and this is why I'm talking about this here. Um, 
So I don't remember the exact date. This was, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. don't remember. I was giving a lecture in Lisbon, some public place, maybe the National Library. I don't remember. But I do remember that when I finished the lecture, it was, it was about some astronomical topic, history of astronomy. Then this young lady, very elegant young lady, and with a very uh, smiley face, I mean, full of uh, joy, approached me. And she just started, you know, talking to me about some topic related to the lecture. And this, as we all know, it happens quite often after you give a lecture. So people approach and start talking. But what I immediately realized was that she had an uncommon knowledge of many astrological topics. Because, you know, soon the, the conversation diverted to astrological issues related to, to my lecture. And so it took me, you know, for, I don't know three or four minutes to realize that not only she was a very pleasant person that was for the first time talking to me, but she was a very learned person in, in, in astronomy and especially in astrology. And so uh, I think two things happened. Well, first, we, we became immediate friends. I mean, uh, the conversation lasted for, you know, half an hour more or something, and then we exchanged contacts. But... I immediately realized that I had there a very important ally because I was at that moment trying to, you know, to set up a solid, you know, tradition in history of science in Lisbon, at the University of Lisbon. So I had set up a doctoral program and the, the embryo of a department was being created, etc. So I was very much in need of, uh, of allies to do this. You know, from there, I, you know, continued meeting Elena and for, for many days, it was always a revelation for me. And then, you know, other things that I've, you know, come to understand or realize about her character along the days was not only she was a very joyful person and a very pleasant person, as I said, also very elegant, but she had, you know, uh, enormous ambitions. And uh, she always had immense plans for things and huge conferences and, you know, changing the world of, you know, scholarly research on you know so many topics so it was lots of fun in this because it was always very ambitious uh, her, her her plans are but also she had a very very uh determination she had a, she had a, an iron will when she wanted something she really wanted and she would go for it so the, the whole mix of her uh, personality traits were, were very 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 interesting. So we, we did become very, very good friends. Not only very good friends, but uh, uh, she was for me a very uh, trusted uh, colleague. Now, at that time, she had uh, she wanted to pursue. She had made already a master's degree. She had obtained a master's degree already related in a topic uh, of astrology. But she wanted to pursue uh, studies in the history of astrology at a at a higher level at a at a more deep level and she had uh, i don't know if discovered but you know bumped into a manuscript in lisbon and she was fascinated with a certain manuscript and we talked a little bit about this so you know what i immediately realized is that she had all the potential although it was a little bit risky because her academic path had been a little bit uncommon but still i thought that she had all the potential to go to a uh, a top place and to work with the most you know uh, knowledgeable person in the field that I knew and I, 
by, you know, pure chance, I had met Charles Burnett, you know, some years before. And of course, I knew parts of his work, not all, but parts of his work. And it, it, it was very clear for me. I think I had been at the Warburg once or twice for conferences. It was very clear for me that the Warburg was the right place for her. So I helped her, in, you know, you know, trying to uh, get uh, enter the Warburg as a, as a doctoral candidate. And uh, it was not completely easy because because of her path, you know, and also because we had to find the money, the, the financing, and it was obvious that the financing had come from Portugal. But this was never a problem for Elena because she had such uh, determination and such uh, faith and hope in, in you know that things would would turn out okay. That even this process, which was a little bit, you know, one could be a little bit worried, she was never worried. Oh, this will turn out okay. It will not okay. And then this, so uh, this, this is uh, for me one of the major contributions I did in history of science was, you know, to make her meet uh, Charles Burnett. And but this is the second part of the story. But and then I will at the end I will have to say a couple of things more uh, when she returned to Lisbon after a doctorate and the overall impact of her work and and her example in the scholarly community of historians of science in Portugal. But uh, I will pass the word now to Charles. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we're starting off with first recollections, I must say that that was in my office at the Warburg Institute when I was confronted with this most beautiful lady. Um, and uh, I soon discovered that she was not just outwardly beautiful, but she was beautiful inside as well. Um, and uh, we, uh, I was impressed that she'd already written an MA in Lisbon, indeed, with an Italian title, with a Latin title, Via Sapiens Dominabitur Astris, which I think is a motto that we can all follow, and certainly that she obviously has been following. The wise man will dominate, will have power over the stars. Um, and so, uh, on the basis um, of this very fine MA thesis on, um, on astrology in the Portuguese court, um, um, she embarked on this thesis at the Warburg Institute on, um, well, based on two manuscripts written by the same person, whom we know was S, maybe Simon Bell, in the late 15th century, um, which she calls rightly notebooks because he was adding um, well, mainly horoscopes but also astronomical astronomical tables to these books, um, excerpts from astrological textbooks um, written already in the in Arabic um, in, from the 8th century onwards but translated into Latin and, and a lot of his personal notes in the margins and so on. They were very much working uh, books of a practicing astrologer. Um, and it was right that she should be uh, studying this at the Warburg Institute um, because um, we have a very fine um, tradition in the study of astrology. Um, taking astrology and astronomy really as a single science, which you could call the science of the stars. Um, but one indication of this is that um, one of the founders of the Warburg Institute, Fritz Saxel, uh, inaugurated um, a catalogue of all 
illustrated Western astronomical astrological manuscripts, which is really a very fine basis for the study of astrology. But of course, there are other things like um, the, the study of Picatrix, the great magical astral astro magical textbook of the Middle Ages in Arabic and in Latin. Um, and so the first thing that she did not have to do was to defend what to to defend astrology and say this is a worthwhile subject because she was in an atmosphere amongst a community in which it was realized that astrology had a very important place um, um, within medieval renaissance even more modern society in the west and in the east um, and that what was necessary um, was not so much to trace the history of astrology um, in terms of the arguments for and against or in terms of astrologers um, working for kings and princes, um, but rather what was necessary was to work out in detail what the astrologer did, what he knew, what um, um, information he thought was important for the practice of his art. Just as a doctor has to have his medical textbooks and has to report also on his um, medical cases. Um, and so what uh, Bell had done um, was to draw up not only um, horoscopes of the past, which were kind of models for him, but also horoscopes of his family, of his friends, um, of various nobles, especially in Burgundy, um, um, towards the end of the 15th century. Um, and uh, Helena had obviously a very great sympathy with him. She, of course, had been casting horoscopes herself. She knew astrology, as it were, from the inside. Um, and so it was not, um, I can say, it was not a difficult task for her to interpret um, what um, Bella had been writing in his manuscripts. Um, and, of course, she had Latin, um, everything was... Well, there was some French, but most of um, uh, the text was in Latin. Um, that needed interpretation. But the fact that she knew what it was likely that Bella, with the conclusions that she was likely to come to, made it much easier for her to understand the Latin text. Um, and she worked methodically um, and uh, over three years transcribing, translating, and then, of course, commenting. Um, and one um, one advantage of working on this was that the books covered the whole, one could say the whole of astrology, um, or its genre, and so she was able to um, uh, structure the book according to astrological genres, um, which were interrogations, revolutions of the years of the world, conjunctions of Jupiter and Saturn, and nativities, nativities probably the most important, casting the horoscope for um, for a child, for a baby born. Um, and then um, beyond that we have the uh, almanacs. Um, but she, of course, also went beyond simply transcribing and interpreting um, what was said in these manuscripts. She also um, gave um, a very sensitive interpretation of the place of astrology, not only in Bell's own thought, but in the thought of his time. Um, and uh, so, you know, when you read this book, um, you're reading, well, 
the Ipsissima Verba, of course, of Bella in translation, uh, but also in facsimile, so you can go back to the Latin if you like. Um, but you, you get such a feeling of the atmosphere um, of, um, of astrological thought, of the practice of astrology, of friends doing astrology, interpreting their lives for each other, as it were. So there's a lot of psychology here. There's a lot of astrology is a very intimate subject. It's a way of getting to know people and getting to understand people and helping them in uh, times of trouble or in planning the future and whatever. So it's a very personal kind of subject. Um, and this personality, this personal aspect comes over very strongly in Eleanor's book as well. So. Um, it was sad to see her go back to Portugal after spending some time in London, um, but uh, we kept we kept in touch well until almost the day of her death, and uh, um, and I was really very impressed by the plans that she had for continuing her work, um, and um, I just hope that the work that she inaugurated and she planned can be continued by others. Thank you, Charles. Yes. Um, well, thank you, um, Enrique and Charles, for those lovely introductions. Um, uh, lots of things popped into my brain as you both were, were talking. Um, and I guess I will continue the, the model of um, just explaining how I came to know Elena, um, which, of course, was at the Warburg because uh, I, I happened to precede her uh, as a practicing astrologer who was admitted into a PhD program at the Warburg. Um, and she kept telling me, you were the pioneer, you were the pioneer. <laughs> but in fact, I, I mean, I guess chronologically that's, that's true. But I think what she brought to the Warburg um, was just as important as, as me chronologically being first. Um, and, and I will just say that I, I didn't ever think I would see classes in learning astrology being given at the Warburg. <laughs> and she pulled that off <laughs> um, with great aplomb and great knowledge and skill. Um, and, and I think uh, when you're coming into a tradition where academically you could do the study, you, you know, you're doing the study of astrology and you have many, many books, manuscripts and printed books available to you at the Warburg, um, it, it, it was very nice to see all of that being taken into consideration, you know, when, when she arrived to work on this manuscript of, of S. Bell, um, first in, in a Portuguese uh, library, one in a Portuguese library and then the other one in uh, Paris, um, which she discovered pretty early on, I think. Um, so, so I met her when she first came to the Warburg and, and, and like both of you, um, Enrique and Charles, I was totally struck by her joie de vivre. Um, and we became great friends almost immediately, not only because of our shared interests, but just because 
she was a really outgoing and cheerful and welcoming person. And, you know, she'd come to dinner at my flat and, and then she would insist on washing all my dishes <laughs> after supper. And I'm, you don't need to do that, I would say to her. She, no, no, no. We have to clean up, and you know her whole her whole life was really like that, um, and and I think even in her academic life, um, you can see, as as Charles also alluded to in in her book, you can see her personality in the book through how she is explaining the the notebooks of this astrologer who who lived um, in the fifteenth century. Uh, but who is really carrying on the tradition of astrologers through history. Um, and, and I was struck in the book, um, which I've uh, looked at a lot more closely in the past few days. Um, I knew, of course, the general topic of her, of her research, but um, I was struck by how much it is in the tradition of the... Uh, the writing of astrological notebooks, which we see in a number of other astrologers. I mean, certainly um, Simon Foreman comes to mind, who was both a physician and an astrologer, but even people like uh, Cardano um, and even Kepler, for instance, um, who, who wrote uh, on astrological topics and also cast horoscopes. So I um, think Bell is very much in that mode. And I think one of the wonderful things about this book is that it really gives you a very close uh, look at how this Renaissance astrologer did his work. Um, and Charles has gone over the topics that, that he covered in his notebooks. Um, so I won't really get into to that, but I, I loved the detail that she gave us in, in sharing these notebooks with us and making them really accessible. Um, even though, you know, the, I, I think as far as manuscript writing goes, his was uh, not terrible. <laughs> so, <laughs> Charles, Charles could speak more on that, but, you know, but, but still, if you're not used to reading that, the, that kind of script, it's very nice to have the transcriptions. <laughs> um, and, and the translations as well. So I was very struck by the Im an incredible amount of detail she put in. And, and I was also struck by um, the avenues that I think this book opens up, e even for other studies of various facets of his work. Um, for instance, uh, I, I have a particular interest in astrological lots, and I was very struck by... Uh, um, the amount of lots that that Bell used uh, put in his in his um, delineations for various people that he that he had done individual uh, charts for, um, and that made me you know want to look more at that. Um, so I, and I'm sure that other people would look at other facets of what what was covered in the book and see areas for further research. So it's not only a wonderful. Um, uh, repository of techniques and the way a medieval astrologer 
was writing in this time frame, but it, it's also um, a, a, a window into further further exploration. Um, and I just I just think it's really important that this book came out. And I, and I will end just by saying that a, a huge thank you to Luis and to Charles for finishing it and 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 getting it published because it's a wonderful um, it's a wonderful record of of, of Alanis work. No, it was finished. It was already with the printers. I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. But you, you two, you two took on the task of look, you know, going through the last set of proofs, yes. writing the index, yes. making sure yes. that everything yes. was organized, and that you know, that that was really essential. I think you okay. know. I mean, I suppose it could have been published as it was, but yes, you yes. you both gave it that extra bit mm -hmm. of <laughs> uh, of care. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, it was at least Eleanor saw the title page before she died. Yeah. Wonderful. Yes, yeah. and so she she was assured that the book would be published very soon. Mm. And and yeah. the illustrations, I, I I'll just point out. I mean, I was. I thought they're wonderful. I'm f I'm so pleased that Brill saw fit to publish them in color. That's a that's a yeah. absolutely fantastic yes. to see those in the book. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was a trajectory that started long ago, in the early two thousands, when Elena and I stumbled on this on this manuscript. I not I don't recall if she tells this particular story in the book itself, but uh, there was a very short reference in the footnote in one in the text of one of um, Portugal's historians of science, early historians of science, um, uh, Luis Albuquerque, and he had a very, very brief mention of this manuscript, which was in the archive, and he, he, did, he didn't give it too much importance as he usually wouldn't of astrological topics and was a bit, was a bit dismissive about it. Um, but he did say that there were horoscopes in, in, in the manuscript. And this is something that uh, it's not common uh, in manuscripts here in Portugal, especially such early manuscripts. Um, so we went and see, and at the time we only saw the microfilm and it was an ephemeris, so we had pages and pages and pages of ephemeris, which were interesting enough, but it's just numbers. And then suddenly, when we get to the, the very end, this entire collection of, of, of charts pops up. And I remember we were very happy to find it. And we were thinking, how can <laughs> someone be so dismissive with this amount of charts and it was quite large at the time we, we hadn't start uh, neither, neither of us had start our academic uh, uh, studies so we, we we had no idea of how important uh, that collection was um, but we did uh, arrange to have a copy of it done and we had it for some years so when um, when Elena decided to proceed 
to the Warburg as a PhD. At the time, this manuscript was, let's say, one of her objectives, although not just the first one. She wanted to understand how was that in Portugal being mainly French manuscript, how was that coming into the Portuguese archive? So she thought there might be some connections with France, Burgundy and Portugal through the court, which were at that period, that might explain why this manuscript was here. But later on, the manuscript took a life of its own. And then uh, thanks to, to, to David Just, the second uh, manuscript uh, of ballet was found. Um, uh, and uh, suddenly that was the centerpiece of the whole of the whole work. And, and, and as you were saying, Dorian, I think one of the most important things is that it shows how they were working. And we have technical examples. I think the lot, the lots is a, is a huge contribution. Uh, it's very rare that we see manuscripts with, with this extensive application of lots to all kinds of, of charts, not only nativities, but also ingresses, revolutions. Uh, so some of the weird parts uh, that sometimes we think, well, they wouldn't use this. He uses them, uh, like the part of wool and the part of, uh, of barley, stuff like that, which is strange and awkward. Uh, but he, he makes a use out of it and explains and interprets them, which is quite interesting. But also, as Char was saying, we have a, a peek into his personal life. Uh, where we have the charts, not only the charts of his patrons, of the politicians and important figures of his time, but also of his family. And um, another aspect that shows up throughout the, 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 the manuscript is the calculations of longevity, which he attempts several times for his children, and sometimes quite desperately trying to find... Uh, uh, um, you know, the, the, the hope that the child will live uh, longer and then we're finding out that the child died a few weeks or months afterwards after he made the calculations, he says that himself. So it's also a personal drama uh, of an astrologer, which is a very rare facet to find um, uh, in, this, in this kind of work. So uh, I think these are, are, are major contributions um, to that this work uh, uh, lays out uh, and I hope people um, will can can pick up on this and, and take it take it further uh, and that it will serve as a model as an example of what you can do and think the amount of information that you can extract from these um, from this type of, of source mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know Charles um, alluded to this also, but um, Elena's, uh, how shall I put it, um, encyclopedic knowledge of medieval astrology. Um, and as, as, he, as Charles said, gave her an advantage in understanding the way Bell was interpreting um, all of these various doctrines within within the charts that he was um looking at uh and so that to me is a huge advantage of this book because she speaks so authoritatively and and, and she understands the doctrine so well that it's 
um, it, she makes it, she make it, it's not easy, but she makes it seem easy and obvious. <laughs> This is something I would like to pick up on uh, because it's uh, a, an impact of the career of Elena that can be discerned already. I mean, it, I think it's still too early to judge what will be the impact of the book, although the, the potential is there, but the book is so recent. But there are you know, quite a number of things that we can already s uh, say, especially uh, if we consider the situation in, in Portugal, where it was her, you know, her, uh, her place. And the main thing was that for the first time, a scholar appeared who made the study of astrology uh, credible. The scholarship, I mean, there was in, the, in academia, among historians and historians of culture, whatever, Although people recognized the importance of astrology, there was much you know, patronizing going on. And one of the reasons was because people did not know uh, top level uh, students of the discipline. So the discipline was suffering. I mean, I'm referring to the situation in Portugal. Huh? The discipline was suffering from the lack of you know, scholarly credibility. And this is something that was solved by Elena just by showing up and she is and I think I can say this with some authority I think she is the first uh, top level uh, scholar uh, expert on astrology in Portugal and 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 from you know in, in a matter of some years it was clear because you know the milieu is very small it was clear that it was possible to operate at the highest academic level while studying astrology. And the person who showed this was Elena. So this was a very important uh, impact from her very, very brief career was already this. And the second one, I mean, this was already alluded by, by Charles, was that she showed how astrology was made from the real inside, you know, the real nuts and bolts of the thing. And I had many times complained with her that until this was uh, made, it would be very difficult to advance because many studies of astrology assumed uh, a certain superiority towards the field in the sense that I am a very good scholar of astrology, but I don't want to dirty my hands in the real in nitty gritty details. And there's a lot of patronizing in this position. And I said, this has to be changed because otherwise it will not evolve. And I think her book is a major contribution in this direction, as, as you, both of you have already noted. That now you realize what happens when a person fully cognizant of the techniques, the traditions, you know, the, the mindset of a practicing astrologer, what happens when this scholar attacks and studies a, a document of the past. And so I, I, don't, I don't claim that she was unique in, in, in this endeavor. Other people have already made the same, but her book is a major contribution in this field. In, in Portugal, definitely the first person to show that astrology could be studied with, you know, the highest levels of, of academic uh, you know, expertise. And, 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 and since we are here, I, I think that the second one is Luis. Yeah. 
Mm. <laughs> Thank <laughs> <For> you. <sure. laughs> Thank you. But definitely, I, I agree with you. She was the first historian, Portuguese historian of astrology. You know, the first one to complete uh, her, her academic uh, path and, and then to, to publish, you know, uh, significantly uh, on that area. Yeah, so certainly the first. Uh, we don't have uh, anyone else that came first that has written what she wrote. Uh, in astrology, definitely. And now, uh, I'm glad you follow her, her footsteps in that regard. Yeah, and I can't think of any historian of astrology writing in the period that she's working in, um, who can speak so authoritatively about techniques and practice. Um, she she is the voice of experience here. So, um, and, and the other thing that, as I was reading through the book, um, I, I realized, and, and I suppose I knew this intellectually, but uh, as I was looking through the work and seeing how many techniques he was using and the rigor which he was applying to those, um, and I think maybe it was Enrique or Charles or both who mentioned the, made the comparison with doctors keeping, keeping case books and, and notebooks, that he was doing that as well. Um, and what struck me was his complete confidence in, in the discipline that he was working in. There was no, oh, this could be kind of quasi weird or anything like that. It was like, I'm the astrologer, I'm using all these techniques and I'm making these predictions um, and interpretations. And, and it made me begin to think that this is probably how it was being observed within the wider culture, at least in France at that time. You know, that people wouldn't, at this level, people would go to an astrologer the way they went to a doctor. Uh, and for perfectly legitimate reasons. And I guess that I had never been struck by that so forcefully until I looked at this book in, in more depth. Yeah, yeah, that, I think that that's good. I understand what you mean. It's... Uh... It's, it's, it's again it's rare that we have such a kind this kind of, of testimony yeah uh, we have we have later later we do for the early modern period we do have more information but not uh, not f such early and as far as we know this is the earliest collection of charts surviving uh, of this uh, size Mm -hmm. um, this size, this is the, the earliest known collection of charts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think. Which is a genre that later on. I mean, so much, so, so much scholarship um, uh, tends to, and I realize I'm generalizing here, um, tends to, to focus on the, um, the people, the anti astrologers, if you will, that, that are always going to accompany. Uh, the cultural history, right? Um, 
but there's not there's very little if any of that in here <laughs> so you can see the pure study of it uh, without any of the extraneous you know astrology bashing that of course was going on in the culture but it's it's really absent here which is kind of refreshing and it allows you to look at the discipline uh in its own terms which i think is also very important yeah yeah because most of the time and, and i can speak that about my work we have to handle the uh voices against and how yeah. that Yes, you have to deal with and, right. and, 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 and putting into, into perspective what the astrologers are doing. And here, there is absolutely no hint of that. Of no. course, as you said, it's going on in the culture. We know that exists at this period, but it's not on the source at all. That's not the point uh, of concern. In the, right. You, ne you never see him say, and I have to say this because somebody else will attack me for it. I mean, maybe some of it is implicit in the way he frames mm, his judgments. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but it, it's it's not overt one bit. Yeah. yeah. If, if, he, if he was writing these books, these notebooks for himself, he didn't need convincing. Well, of course. <laughs> yes. Yes. But yeah, I mean, yeah. that was very refreshing in a way because, you you know, in, in a lot of the scholarship, <laughs> yes. people feel compelled to bring it up. Yeah. The yes. history of astrology was mostly the history of the polemic. Yes. yes. Not Precisely. The the this is all over now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so that, that, that was another thing that's, that struck me about, um, about this. And, and another reason why I think it's, it's such an important uh, breakthrough book in that, in that sense. I think to, if, I, if I had to summarize Elena, it, it always comes to my mind a saying that I once heard and never forgot, but I, I cannot, you know, pinpoint who said it, but... It, it, it has a complete parallel with Elena. So this was someone who said, I love uh, the study of history because I love people yeah. and because I love life and because I love people. And, and I think this summarizes Elena. We could really understand that her interest for historical topics and mostly uh, history of astrology was intimately connected with this, you know, love this joy for people that Dorian you mentioned, and this was so characteristic of her. So there was a there was a common passion. I mean, whether they were living 500 or 600 years ago or today, it was like the same passion that she would put with her friends, her colleagues, and then she would put with her historical characters. So I think this is how I remember Helena. But but you should also mention that. Uh, Part of her love was for animals as well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and she really loved animals. Well, and well, I remember her mentioning that when she was little, she was brought up by her grandfather's stories of Greek mythology. Yes. Yeah. And I think this idea of Greek mythology, I mean, the planets, after all, are named after the Greek gods and so on. Yeah. That also is an inspiration, has been an inspiration for her. Yeah, yeah, that was where everything started with those. Histories of, of, of mythology that her, her grandfather used to tell her. Mm -hmm. And that 
later evolved into her studying astrology, uh, which is, she searched for a number of years and then found the traditional branch, which she, she, you know, yeah. she knew. Um, so, so the gods are still present in the studying of astrology, <laughs> in the understanding. You could say that, yes. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, and she, she had, um, she always knew she wanted to do something on astrology when she started her his, uh, historical studies she wasn't exactly it wasn't in her mind to continue and to, to have an academic career that was not the point at the time she she really wanted to study and she selected history um as a topic she would like uh, and she liked and she would like to pursue and then uh, when came the time to to continue towards an ma study um she faced um, the first for the first time the, the the barrier that exists, you know, of starting a study on astrology, um, and this is told by her her former uh, supervisor for the MA. Um, and at the time when she went there and went and she told, "I want to do something about astrology," uh, she was very doubtful uh, of if she could do that because it was not a topic she was familiar with. It was not uh, her area at all. Um, and um, she asked her, well, but do we have sources for that? So when Elena returned um, later to, to have the second meeting where she would present a plan for an MA, um, she brought almost the entire scheme, you know, of, the <laughs> of what would be her MA there with, with the sources, where to find them, supporting bibliography, etc. And um, she said, okay, I'm convinced, I'm completely convinced, let's do it. Um, so she, she was a pioneer in that as well. I think hers is the first MA in Portugal to address the, the topic of astrology without being, you know, the, the Inquisition or witches or social, not that kind of more cultural way, but astrology as it was practiced in Portugal um, with the source that rarely is taken, even, even outside Portugal, which is the Chronicles. Mm. I think that was quite innovative. Uh, look at the Chronicles and what's the, how is astrology playing out a part there in, in the narrative uh, of the king? For the bad uh, or for the better um, of it, uh, and she did, and she was very proud to do that. Um, that, and I think also uh, an, an innovation at that time was she made it. She wrote it in English immediately, which was not common at her at her time. So she was one of the first to wrote, write it in English in that department specifically, um, and that opened the door. Uh, Absolutely, yes, yes. I wouldn't have accepted her as a PhD student if I hadn't read her MA dissertation. <laughs> yes, yes, that was an excellent choice for her yes. because that opened up immediately uh, mm. to a wider international audience because English is a language that almost everyone <laughs> can read, while Portuguese, unfortunately, it's quite limited. Um, yeah. long time ago now. <laughs> so what is the legacy and what what is going to 
I mean, mm. obviously her work continues. Her book continues. Um, one of the things that uh, Dorian was talking about, her, her expertise, um, that you cannot see, a part of this that you cannot see in the book, and this book at least, uh, was the huge glossary of, uh, that she built for the PhD. There was a whole second volume uh, with a, a complete glossary of the techniques discussed uh, in the book, which at the time she decided uh, to publish independently. And I'm now, we worked on that, we still worked on that, a uh, few chapters on that, and now I'm, I'm putting all of that together so that can be almost an independent book by itself. And that's a glossary that she practically built out of her head. She just wrote it out of her head and then, you know, verified it and, and consolidated with sources as necessary. Um, and that I hope to, to be published in the future and that will also show um, a knowledge. Uh, and that uh, will, yes, and that will be a wonderful continuation of the tradition of people writing glossaries. Um, I mean, there's one, oh gosh, can I remember the name of the author? It's in French, it's French for, for Roman astrology. Um, and Betza, I think, uh, Giuseppe Betza has also written uh, astrological glossaries in Italian. Um, so this would be a wonderful addition to that. And, and again, comes with this uh, exceedingly well-sourced place of deep knowledge mm -hmm. of the techniques. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's quite advanced and I hope to next year to to have that yeah. quite, quite yeah. Uh, advanced. Uh, another of her, of her legacies is, of course, the Astro Project, um, which she was, she was the, the head uh, uh, of the whole process because she had a very... Um, she dealt with people very easily, so she could network um, very well. Yes. Perhaps, yeah. perhaps astrology will have a more important place in the University of Lisbon in the teaching of yeah. culture and civilization. <laughs> well, well, there is, well, at least at the department, I mean, Helena, when she was even in, in England, she was in constant contact. And so we always, it was always clear that she would return because she wanted to do something here institutionally. Mm. And we had, of course, grandiose plans for that too. But uh, but her lineage is is very very visible. I mean, uh, first, you know, immediately with Louise, of course, mm. and and now with uh, Elena and Louise's you know, younger acquaintances, colleagues, and you know students that they you know they they're they're bringing, and you know, so a few of them are very good, and uh, so there is like you know a, a descendancy of. That it, 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 it comes from Elena originally, and then Elena and Luis, and then a group of people. So I'm pretty sure, and this is you know some plan that uh, I'm pretty sure that Luis will materialize this. You know, a, a major study of the astrological sources in Portugal. This, mm -hmm. this he will you know an archival work with interpretation of what's there 
because there's there are lots of materials as you know very well which are merely described as astrological astrological in archives you know and of course this is ridiculous you, you need to look more carefully so yeah. i think this will be a second phase which will be the the archival material in the next years will be radically clarified we will know much more and perhaps some surprises will show up but even if not just having a good overview of, of what, what's there you know with good descriptions etc i think this is this is something that will, will be very important but then but other things yeah yeah that's that's one for the future uh yeah yeah that's quite an important work to do and she she was very keen on doing that mm -hmm. Uh, there was a whole project in place, and there is no project in place to to do that. Uh, hopefully soon. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's this book. Uh, she still has a paper to to come out that should come out soon, uh, probably sometime this month, uh, in the IKGF um, magazine, uh, the Journal of Prognostication. Um, that should come soon. Uh, that would be her last paper uh, that uh, Dorian and I uh, reviewed uh, and make the final adjustments. Well, there is a paper she wanted to write in me. There's a paper that yes, she, she wanted always, to write. She was always me. distributing work. <laughs> yeah, so there's she, still she that one. First yeah. draft and then we discussed this paper and it was a pity. Of course, we would do it, but now I don't know. Yeah. No, not no. We'll see if we can do that one. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot written already. Um, and yeah. yeah, and we'll see in the future. Now that the Astro Project will go on in the form of the podcast, of course, because it's our window to the, the general public. And I hope to have um, the great, the big meeting that we were planning for, for May uh, of 2019 to be held uh, next year if all goes well and the travel becomes easier um we'll see we'll see still soon still a bit soon to know yeah. yeah but the work that she's she and you have inaugurated with the with the Esther project and with really wanting to nail down the history of techniques and practices and um i mean i just think it's so important yeah. there's so yeah. much how shall we say dodgy information out there <laughs> exactly. exactly that, that it, it's really really important to have clear the clear and accurate lines of transmission yeah. of, yeah, of yeah, doctrines exactly. and techniques absolutely yeah yeah that, and yeah um so she's she's given us all the boost. Exactly, exactly. She created this entire project, this entire line of research. Uh, she put this in motion with all her energy, and now it's up to us to to yes. move it along uh, its path and and perhaps consolidate. Um, and I've discussed this with uh, every one of you. At one point, and I've consolidated the, the history uh, of astrology as a, a field of research within within general history, um, with its own materials, its own approaches, and yep. that's 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 was one of her goals, uh, certainly. 
Okay, well, I, I thank you very much for, for being here and to like, help me with, <laughs> with um, this episode. As I said, it wouldn't be easy for me to do this by myself. Um, and um, it'll stay here as a, a testimony to, to her work. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. Thank you, Rish. Thank you. Thank you.